Was River okay? The G-Man looked sincerely concerned. Boy, you government boys just don't know how to not interrupt me, do you? I shrug a little, sipping my coffee. The pause is a good excuse to refuel. Slightly under his breath. Government? Hmm. You said the room seemed like a place of worship. What gave you that feeling in particular? I give him a sharp glance, but let it go for the moment. The rest of the place was trashed. Graffiti tags, garbage, drug paraphernalia, lots of evidence of people living rough. But that room was pristine. Nothing on the walls except that mural, and the floor was damn near spotless. Or as spotless as you can get in a desert. Rooster seemed to be holding back. Why didn't he take point? River had reminded Rooster of the rules of engagement when dealing with whoever, or whatever, was in the building with us. It was a weird way of acknowledging that River was right. The G-Man shifts a little in his chair, glancing at the austere timepiece on his wrist, a black-on-black analog watch impossible to read from across the table, though you certainly try. I'm so sorry for interrupting, looking toward the mirror. I'm certain those listening will want to find out more of what happened next. Please continue. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. So last week, we left off with River going down some stairs, and the stairs giving way. Why did we get there? Ah, that's because the agents followed the tracks from the Abril House to the Naval Medicine Annex. River, I would like for you to make a luck roll. Okay. 58. 58. All right. Wait, is that good or bad? I can't That's remember. bad. That's bad. Ugh. So I am going to offer you the option. Would you like me to roll the damage, or would you like to roll the damage for your fall? Oh, you better roll it. I'm rolling high on everything. All right. So the dust bellows up the dusty dirt and loud noise that just reverberates through the stairwell as... Rowan and Rooster and Quinn kind of look over, mouths agape and eyes wide, as you hear River cry out, Ah! And uh, you do take five points of damage. What's your, uh... That's almost half. Hmm. You're not entirely sure that your ankle's not broken, but it definitely hurts. You're lying on your back, the wind has been expelled from your chest, you're struggling to breathe, and each breath you take in, you're sucking in more and more dirt and (laughs) dust and asbestos and things that are horrible to all of the environment that you curse in your job. But you're on solid ground, and it doesn't seem like anything else is falling on top of you. Is there a way to get back up? Not here. The entire stairwell collapsed underneath your feet. I'm still here. There's a bright light flashing from above. You guys hear, because there, there's good acoustics in a stairwell. So his voice carries. How far down is he? 30 feet. Oof. A damaged ankle? He got off lucky. Yeah. He's got other bruises, but that's the current one that's uh, sticking out. Sure. Quinn wants to look around to see if there's anything she thinks she can climb down to get to River's level. 
you may be able to climb the remaining parts of the stairs that go down, like the metal posts that are in the concrete. I mean, it would be tricky, but it, it is certainly possible. Wait, can you describe those a little bit more? So it's the posts that come out of the concrete walls that held the steps up mm. that it tore away from. So kind of like Laura Croft climbing down a wall in Tomb Raider. If Quinn feels pretty confident that those aren't going to pull out of the wall, she would probably try to get down there. She's worried about, you know, how stable River is. She's done a Spartan race. Rooster, is there any rope in the car? Of course. Just out of an excess of caution, Quinn, how about we, we at least harness you a little bit before you go climbing down? Yeah, if we can be quick about it. All right, I'm going to turn and start running okay. back to the car. All right, you're running down the hallway. You get to the car. It's not that hard to find. Quartermaster Rooster has cataloged things pretty easily. So, real quick, were we on the ground floor? Yes. And this is three floors down. Got it. Yes. Okay. Have I seen any other stairways going down before this? No, you did not. But how these buildings are generally set up, they're usually set up symmetrical. Right. So there should be another set of stairs in the other... On the other bend of the U. I was actually going to ask that before you left, but... Ran for rope? Oh. (laughs) Yeah, because Quinn's priority is just to get down there as quickly as we can. And she figured going down the same hole. But if Rooster is pretty confident that there is a similar stairwell and it would be quicker to just go down that. I mean, she's not necessarily needing to be brave or anything. She's just trying to think about the quickest way to get down there. Rooster, did you want to go check out the end of the hallway? Like, double time over to that? How far is it? Is it fairly close? It's fairly close. This building is pretty big, but it's not huge. It's a good-sized building. It's maybe 300 feet. Yeah, I'll check it out real fast. Alright. You head down the hallway. Again, there's just shit and things littered throughout this whole place. You get to the other hallway, you you open the fire door that's there, and you do see that there is another metal staircase going down. And going up as well. Alright, go back over to Quinn. I got another stairwell over here. Rowan shows up with a rope. Hang on to it, there's another stairwell. Having rope in this sort of place is not a bad idea anyway. Alright, and I'll lean back over and shine the light down and call down to River. We found another staircase, we're going to take that down to try and find you. Okay, I'm not going anywhere. You see your shotgun kind of uh, underneath some of the rubble. I will try to extract that. Okay, give me a luck roll and see if the shotgun's been damaged. I'll try. 41. All right, shotgun. Hey. shotgun's fine. It's a bit dirty. You know, you clear it to make sure nothing's jamming any, like the receiver or anything like that, or the ejection port. It's fine. It's a bit nicked up, though. Mm. You're having some difficulty walking and putting weight on that foot. Yeah, I'm sitting down and and waiting. And also listening. The creaking of metal throughout the sub-basement where you're at. It's quiet, but it's definitely there. It's the noise that just kind of almost could lull you to sleep, if you will. Because there is a constant, there's a rhythm to it. Rooster, Quinn, and Rowan, you all head to the other stairwell. This stairwell has some graffiti, nothing that jumps out at you saying, you know, Dagon or anything along those lines or or whatnot. But this stairwell seems to be a little bit more traveled. It does go down three stories, three sub-basements, and that's all the way down to the bottom. And that's where, you know, Agent River landed. So you're going to go all the way down or you're going to check out the other ones in between? 
Is there any way to tell if each basement level is the same size as up top? You can assume that. Okay. And what's the light situation going down the stairs? Sunlight and flashlights. Oh, goody. This is every one of my nightmares come back to life. Let's do this. And several of mine. I don't want to leave these floors uncleared, but we got to get to them. We'll clear our way back up. I think that's going to have to be our best way. I'll take point this time. All right. I'm covering you. And we head down. All right. So you get down to sub-basement three. The distance between sub-basement two and three is an extra flight. You open up the door and the room beyond is one gigantic room. It's a gigantic hall. There are pipes that lead over the top and there are aisles. And the aisles look as though that they have some type of glass tank in each of the aisles. There's wrought iron seams that run up the sides of them and there's pipes that lead into and out of them and glass is all shattered all along the floor. Sub-basement two, which is the basement above you, you see actually leads to a series of catwalks above. So it leads into the same room, just in elevated position. I don't like this. Can we see all of these tanks are broken? It looks to be all of the tanks are broken. Each one is roughly six foot long by about eight foot high, made of a thick glass, and chunks of glass have been shattered throughout the entire floor. I don't have a medical degree like Rory, but this doesn't look like a medical type of thing. Looks more like an aquarium. That's the word I was trying not to think. I don't care. We find River. Let's go. And as we got deeper in, Rowan, Rowan has taken her glasses off so she can see a little bit better. Just don't shine a flashlight in my eyes, I will punch you. You guys truck across the way, the shortest way to get to River. And in the second aisle, which is the aisle that you're on, you do see that there is one tank that is painted. It has a complex pattern, almost like a shrine of red, yellow, blue, and green. And there's all kinds of imagery. And on the back wall of the tank, Rowan, you stop. Rooster's still trucking along because he's hyper-focused. Quinn probably noticed you stopping. You see on the back wall of this one tank, painted in purple, a triangle with a eye in the middle with tentacles coming off of each of the sides of the triangle. Quinn notices Rowan stopped and goes to her, kind of following her gaze, and sees the image. And Quinn knows from her personal brief that she received that that imagery is connected to the Order of Dagon. Mm-hmm. There is a tag that's visible above and below, like a metal tag, like an identifier of the tank. And it's numbered 197. Rooster, you get to the door and you realize that your squad mates are still behind. They've, they've slowed up a bit, but you, you've, you've made it to the door. The area looks secure. The door doesn't seem as though that it wants to open because it's jammed. And I know that River's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it opens into you. Towards me swear under my breath look behind me you see rowan looking looking intently at a tank and then quinn kind of maybe moving closer to rowan but definitely checking out one of the tanks fuck i go back over to him we don't have time for this we gotta get him 197 look up see it take pictures let's go and rowan's actually like shaking yeah quinn sees that and um she'll take out her phone to take the pictures 
you know how, how sometimes children would just like plant the, the palms of their hands over their eyes to not see something they don't want to see? Mm-hmm. That's what Rowan does. She plants the heels of her hands into her eyes, pushing probably harder than is actually safe as she like violently wrenches her head away and just moves, moves away towards the door that River is behind. Quinn, you're with her. And I go back over to the door and I try and put some muscle into it. Rowan's actually going to that door as well. I know. Okay. Go ahead and roll strength for me. Oh, I should be good at this. Finally, watch this be terrible. I was going to say, don't jinx it. 55 of 75. 50. All right. You grab hold of the door one-handed and you just pull it open with no problem at all. And it stays open. Where it should, on spring's close, it does not. And you see a smiling river, or maybe more like a grimacing river, on the other side. River, can you walk? Not easily. Rowan, help River. Rowan. Redacted. And the use of, of her actual first name does snap her out of it enough to, like, lower her hands and be like... Get River. Quinn, take the shotgun. We're going. We need to know what, what what's in that tank. If there's anything in that tank, if there's any remnants, any, I'm not coming back down here. What is in that tank? We're finding out now, but we needed to get our man. Let's go. She nods jerkily and goes over to, to River. She's not wearing her glasses and is visibly shaking, but crouches down next to him and slings an arm under his shoulders. Be like, we got this. Let's go. Back over to the tank. You hurry back to the tank, and now that the sense of urgency has lessened a bit, there's still a sense of urgency here. Maybe because it's Rooster feeling that you're in a compromised position, but also you've got somebody that's injured. The glass here that's on the floor, when I mean the glass is thick, it's four inches thick. Can we tell by where the glass is, like what direction it was broken from, inside or outside? They've been smashed so long ago, you really can't tell. It's a great question. I don't have an answer for you on that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, though. But yeah, there's just these weird, strange, old tanks. Is it glass or is it an acrylic or something? It's glass glass. I'm going to take a piece, stick it in a pocket, a small piece. Okay. Even a small piece is a good sized chunk, considering that it's four inches thick. And if you take one four by four, it's a good size hunk of glass. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to take a piece, put it in a pocket. Okay. Quinn would want to just look at one or two of the other tanks adjacent to see if the numbering, like, is it like 196, 195? All of the numbers have been scratched off. Except for this tank that we're looking at. You continue further on down and you see one that says 205 and it you can barely make out the 205. So you think that they are in numerical order. Got it. What does River think about this? Oh, River is uh, trying to figure out what these tanks are and what could have been in them. Okay. These do look similar to some type of of holding or cleansing tank, as if they were used for samples or for, like, testing tanks, if you will, like at a water filtration type thing. But there's way too many of them for it to be something of this magnitude. This wouldn't be like your typical water filtration or water research type of facility. Is tank 197 full? No, it is smashed. It is open. But on the inside, there is the painting uh, in purple paint. And it the paint is looks kind of fresh. Is River stopping to look at this? Yeah. I mean, we should try to see if there's any kind of samples we can scrape off of here. Oh, yeah. You can pull a sample off the paint. You off know, the you... paint, on, you know, off the inside of the tank. Okay. 
Because you're a little bit compromised, I would like for you to give me a... You're collecting a sample. Which skill do you think would be best for you here? Um, I think that would be forensics, personally. Forensics? Okay, I'll go with forensics. 28. Easily make it. You're able to take a sample of what's inside. It's mostly dirt and some kind of, you know, silicate almost on the inside or, or like a dirt-like substance, almost like a mud. You're also going to take a, uh, some of the paint or... Sure. Okay, you do get the paint. Um, You've got some pretty good samples for you on that. Quinn, Rooster, what are you guys doing? I'm on one knee, gun forward, watching. Okay, keeping your eyes on the elevated positions. Yeah, heads on a swivel. Yeah, heads on a swivel. Nothing seems to be out of the ordinary, but you're still in a drum point. Quinn? You know, after just checking the tanks for trying to get an idea of the numbering, and when she found the 205 and can kind of confirm that it's just numerical order, she would return to the group. But on her way back, trying to check for any other symbols painted, anything related to Dagon. Okay. You're not going to need to roll because this is really, this is the only one, and you are confident that there's nothing else that's hidden out there. It's right there. You see that Rowan is shaking and maybe, like, the the involuntary shake going on. Like, there's seriously some trauma being relived. Miss Psychoanalysis. So then Quinn will go up to Rowan and kind of softly just say, You know, every day that you continue to live and survive, you win over them. I shouldn't have. As right as you are, can we do this later? And Quinn will just shoot Rooster a deathly glare. And he stares right back. Quinn, give me a psychotherapy roll. Wow. My rolls are really bad. Unfortunately, 67 out of 60. Not a 66 oh. either. Well, at least it wasn't a 66. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, she she traumatizes Rowan forever. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan's already traumatized forever. Uh, Let's be real. Yeah, Welcome to our cell, where R stands for trauma. We spell trauma with a capital R. I think with that, if I may call my own failure, she maybe had a little bit of shake in her voice because she was almost trying to convince herself as much as convince Rowan. So I presume that Rowan is in her head right now. Am I right in that? Yeah, she is deep underground. She can hear that shifting that you described to River earlier, that kind of, not a heartbeat, but like the, the rhythmic sound that is close enough to the, to the sounds of, of a sea. It's close enough to a heartbeat that you might akin it to a heartbeat. Yeah, and deep underground, it, that symbol is there again, and she is, yeah, not quite catatonic, but very close. Very much in her head. River, you've got your samples. All right, I think I've gotten everything I'm going to find here. Ron, I still need your, your support here. Let's get out of here. Not a word. I'm going to take one step forward and then turn my head just to see if they're coming. Seems like party's moving forward. Then I'm on point. If River nudges, if he leans his weight in that direction, Rowan will go with him, but she's... Almost fugue? Yeah. She's not there at the moment. River is, like, leaning heavily on Rowan's shoulder, but moving as much as he can and, and guiding her. Rooster, you bring them to the door and kind of get them onto the stairwell and kind of on their way up. Are you going to lead up the stairs as well, or...? Yeah, I'm going to lead up the stairs, but first I'm going to say, Quinn, watch behind us. Quinn will just give a nod. 
So are you? do you want to clear sub-basement one, or do you want to exfil? At this point, we're leaving. Okay. You make it to the first floor, and it's considerably darker outside now. It was late afternoon by the time you guys got here, and it's getting closer to evening. You guys uh, make it back to the top floor, and I presume you guys are going to the Tahoe? Quickly. Yes. Make it to the Tahoe and get River into the seat. Rowan kind of falls in behind him in the back seat, kind of automaton-like. It's getting darker out. Does Rowan put her glasses back on? No. And it's still light enough that tears are streaming down down her face, but she doesn't seem to recognize it. So you guys get back into the Tahoe. Rooster's driving, because mm-hmm. that's Rooster's spot. And where are we going? Doesn't matter yet. I'm just getting to a road and I'm driving in the general Yuma direction. Okay. As you're driving, you drive out of town and you're keeping your eyes on everything because you're kind of in a different zone. Quinn and Rooster, you both see three teenagers on bicycles stopped and looking at your car as you guys head out of town, out of Mustang. Are we going towards Mustang? I thought we were at the Annex. The Annex is part of Mustang. It's at the outskirts of Mustang. To get to the Annex, you have to go through Mustang. Otherwise, you're going four-wheeling. How early would we have seen those teenagers? As soon as you made the turn is when you kind of glanced back just by chance, you know, to see where you came, and that's where the kids are. Oh, it's behind us. Mm-hmm. I assume Quinn's in the front seat with... Yeah. She was said, weren't you following three tracks? Yes, but we're not at full force now. She just gives a silent nod. Look, I know what you were doing. I know you were doing it right. It just wasn't the time. I know you know your business. You gotta believe I know mine. Quinn is uh, trying to choose her words wisely. I know what it's like to not get through to a patient right away. You don't need to cheer me up about it. And then she'll kind of just gaze out the window. (laughs) Wasn't my intention. There's not a cloud in the sky, and here the light pollution over the eastern part of Yuma is so minimal, you see the stars. And you see the, the mountainscape. It cuts a beautiful image, if you were paying attention to it. Right now, River feels his heartbeat in his ankle. Rowan seems to be in a whole another place altogether. Quinn's reflecting on not being able to reach Rowan immediately. And Rooster, Rooster's got something else going on inside his head. Where are you going to, Rooster? I'm going to glance a look over behind me. Does Rowan look like she's with us? No. She's curled up sideways in the seat, knees drawn up to her chest, arms wrapped around her legs. She is, I mean, she's a fairly tall woman. She's five foot eight. Right now, she looks like a child curled in on herself. Kind of look at the ceiling for a second. Fuck. River, how's the ankle? Do you need attention or can we take care of it? It probably needs an x-ray. Fuck. I don't know how to do these things off the books. Do I take you to the hospital, or what do we do here? This doesn't need to be off the books. I fell, I hurt my ankle. That's all they need to know. I'm going to pull out a phone, tap in the GPS for the hospital. Really hope they give you better insurance at the agency than they do for VA. The initial place you pull yourself up, uh, what pops, pops closest is the airbase hospital. Of course. Do we need clearance to get on base for that, or is that... So, funny you mention that. You're sitting there in front of the canopied area where there is a uh, guard and a gate. We've put the guns 
the illegal guns away at this point. Mm-hmm. Just for the record. What illegal guns? Mm-hmm. You want to use that, uh, what do I call it, the badge-like official thing again? I think we want a civilian hospital. All right. I'm not military, man. Okay. Back up and go. Well, in the box under the seat you were in with the rope, there's some ibuprofen. Might help something. So it's on the other side of town. Traffic here is fairly light. There's a lot of folks near the major highway that cuts through here, but you're able to take the side roads and your maps application gets you there taking traffic into account. Get to the hospital, get to the ER. Where is Agent Rowan? Coming along or still inside her head? I think that for the majority of the drive, she's just gone. Locked in in her head, locked in the memories. But as the drive goes on, it's a different... It's a different sensation, and it's a full-body physical sensation that starts to pull her back out. Like, she starts to unfold a little bit. Like, her chin comes up to rest on her knees, and then one arm comes down to support herself absently as the car goes over a bump. And by the time that we get to the hospital, she's not completely back, but she's more present. Still just tears streaming down her face, and it's not the light this time. There's not enough light for that. Quinn, you actually see her physical and body language items change. You're tuned to that. You're keyed into that those type of things. And it seems, though, that she might be amiable or welcome to conversation again, or you might be able to try again, if you'd like, to try to help her out. Are we still in the car? Yes. But we've reached the hospital. Yes, you've gotten you've gotten to about to the hospital, but you've noticed that her body language has changed over the trip. She wouldn't want to talk to Rowan until she could talk to her privately. So probably as they part, she would say, Rooster, help River get out, just to kind of keep them occupied. And then she would go to Rowan. I want to jokingly kind of reach for his waist as though I'm going to put him over my shoulder. No. What? You sure? You know I could. Just give me a shoulder. I am. That's the point. Fine. To lean on. I'll kind of lean into him, put his arm over my shoulder, start walking, and go under my breath, kind of... What? Why are you going so slow? Come on. Let's move it. Double time. So during that business, Quinn would have immediately gone out try to like get out in time to open the door for Rowan and just quietly kind of say that must have been hard back there that is an understatement wipe at my eyes with the backs of my hands mascara fucking everywhere and she'll kind of just nod towards the hospital can you get through this the lights are bright yeah, my eyes are still just like, ow, ow and I'm fumbling for my glasses just with my eyes only about half open Quinn's a little concerned, and so she'll kind of yell to Rooster, Do you got this? Yeah, I got it. So uh, Quinn will just go back to her attention to Rowan. I think they got this. Why don't we stay back here? Finally get my glasses out of my pocket and shove them on my face, and the, the lack of pain in my eyes helps steady me a little bit even more. And I'm just like, How do you feel about a walk? Sounds perfect. Great. And just like, Quinn is, a, is about an inch taller than I am, so I'm not worried about her not being able to keep up with me when I just start walking. And just, if it's a hospital like the ones that I'm familiar with, there would be like a walking path around it. Certainly. 
to just start walking around the hospital, just trying to recenter back in my body, smelling the desert, not the ocean. Can you remind me, uh, before we get into this conversation, when you told the story about your captivity, did you tell us about having seen that symbol? Uh, yes, because that, that was what made me know that this is the same cult, was the description of, of the symbol, but I hadn't seen it except on the, the tattoo until it was, like, blaringly there in purple. This must be tough, all the reminders. I don't like being underground, just sort of in general, and then seeing that symbol. <laughs> Sorry. Don't apologize. I was compromised, and that's a problem. You know, you got out of there. You kept taking one step in front of the other, even if you don't remember. I call that a success. I did. Sure. And so many didn't. Rowan didn't. You heard Rooster use my actual first name. It's... Rowan was a prisoner in the cell with me. Early on, she was there before I was, and I woke up and she was there. I was there in her cell, to be more fair, I suppose. And they took her, and I couldn't stop them. And I never saw her again. Quinn kind of thinks about that for a second. You use her name, or your code name. Yeah. I failed her. Which I know that is incorrect. But it sure feels a hell of a lot like it is correct, because I froze. It isn't like I don't have martial arts training. I didn't need a weapon to protect her, and I didn't. When I was told that I needed to pick a name that started with R, Rowan was the only one that I could think of, because I survived, and I shouldn't have. She should have. Not... That came out weird. It's not that I think that she's in me or anything like that, or that I'm representing her, but... I don't know, her name carries on and is fighting against, now very literally, the thing that killed her. Quinn is kind of giving just slow nods throughout this, thinking through. More than you know, I know exactly what it's like to feel like I failed someone. Multiple people, actually. You know, even though I've had way too many years, probably, of study in this area, that feeling doesn't ever go away. It's being able to overcome that feeling where your true strength lies. And I think by using Rowan, that's what you're doing. Constantly proving that you can overcome that feeling. I'm constantly trying to prove that there was a purpose to me surviving. (laughs) My therapist and I are working on that. Survivor's guilt is a hell of a drug. And Quinn is kind of her mind's racing a little. I think the psychotherapist part of her knows not to put so much pressure on her patient, but the fellow agent desperately wants to be able to give her motivation. So she's kind of struggling with the right response against her best professional opinion, she says. Well, let's give you purpose. And it shouldn't work because it's against every psychotherapy thing. But for the first time in a little bit, Rowan actually smiles. Just just the barest hint of the corners of her mouth turning up. But she nods a little. We're going to track these sons of bitches down and find out what in the fuck is going on here. Yes, we are. If nothing else, I suppose I survive out of spite. 
Sometimes we gotta take whatever emotion we have and just let it power us. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. This was very bad. I haven't locked down that hard since I was rescued. And I am worried that I'm going to compromise the mission. If that, if that, if seeing that symbol, I don't know, maybe it was a combination of everything, the sounds and being underground and the symbol and everything. I don't know. I can't, I can't force anyone else to lead my team. When we get back to the hotel, why don't we find a time to talk a bit more privately? Gonna put your shrink hat on? You know, that's what they pay me for. <laughs> yeah, I I don't like feeling that way, and I don't like knowing that I could be the reason that someone here gets killed. Quinn will just nod. So, inside the hospital, Agent River, they bring you in pretty quickly. They're not that busy. They triage you. They You have to wait a few minutes, but not very long. And they kind of kind of head you in. Rooster, you hear someone go, hot dog? No. I go, like, I'm nowhere near the cafeteria. Go back to whatever inane game I'm playing on my phone. You see a a woman walk forward. She's got short black hair. She's dressed in dailies. Redacted. Hot dog. Oh, fuck. Really? I haven't seen you since Afghanistan. Who is it? The tag on there says Ortega, and she's got Lance Corporal uh, stripes on her arms. Lance Corporal. I kind of look up at her, and uh, without changing pose, you know, man-spreading on the bench, I just go, that's gunnery sergeant hot dog to you, Ortega. Oh. Only if you're still in, right? I'm going to stand up. How tall is she? About 5'9". All right, so I've still got a few inches on her. I'm going to stand up, kind of look at her. Look down at her and go, yeah, that's what they tell you. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm going to kind of put a hand on my face like, fuck. What am I doing here? Work. Bullshit. What about you? You stationary? Yeah, they got me. They got me running a, a squad. I'm the I'm the new drone person. The the course changed a little bit. We know we've gone from 13 to 15 in the squad, and that extra person generally flies flies a drone, and then usually have another uh, fire command in there. So they got me doing that. But oh, so you're the resident nerd now? Yeah, I get to play with all kinds of toys. I knew there was a reason we called you professor. Yep. And still only a Lance Corporal? Still can't get rid of that Lance? Look, I did have three up, no down, but these things happen. Eh, well, considering the shit that we both didn't get called for, well, yeah. Okay. What are you here for? You? Oh, my boyfriend got into our bar brawl, so I had to bring him over. Ah, yeah. My co-worker slipped. He's a klutz. Probably broke his ankle. Oh, that's brutal. This is what you get working with civvies. Yeah, that's what you get for dating a civvy. He thought he'd be able to take on two fresh jarheads right out of right out of boot. I wasn't there, but somebody was saying something, and he thought he heard my name, and next thing you know, I'm helping him out. I just, like, pinch the bridge of my nose and go, Wow, you always did like I'm strong and dumb. Of course. It rhymes. Young, dumb, and full of... But I think we should kind of head off on that one, right? Hey, I knew there was a reason we had some fun back there, but we won't tell him. How long are you in town for? I don't know, as long as this job is. She pulls out her phone, 
All right. And she pipes in a, a hot dog and she hands it to you to enter in your phone number. She's like, give me a call. There's a decent bar over there. Maybe we can kick back some drinks if you guys have, if you have some off time. Yeah, hopefully. Your boyfriend going to mind I'm giving you my digits? That's why it's underneath hot dog and not underneath redacted. Yeah, because I'm sure he'll like that. Oh, right. He doesn't know why I'm called that. Okay. And I'll punch him in. At least it wasn't Polish sausage. <sighs> that was Krasinski, remember? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to him, anyway? Uh, he went back home. I think he's in, uh, I think he's based out of Hood now. Mm, cool. But, uh, yeah, we gotta head out. I'm gonna go see if he's he's doing okay. Mm-hmm. What kind of business are you in now? <laughs> uh, you're gonna hate me when I say it. Got a medical discharge after Afghanistan. Okay. Now I'm at Breckenridge. Ooh, you're actually gonna go play soldier and actually make real money now? Well, kinda. Mostly they got me running a gun range because it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. Almost. You know what? You'll always be one of Uncle Sam's misguided children. Yeah, well, until you have that expert marksman, then we can talk. Ooh, that's okay. I don't need it anymore. I play video games. You do that, Ortega. I'll catch up. And she heads back into the ER theater. River, they run you through a series of tests. They determine that you do not have a broken ankle. It's just severely sprained. They did give you a couple of band-aids from, from some minor cuts and stuff. You said you fell, right? Yep. And uh, while I'm sitting around waiting for the X-Phase to come back, I'm going to pull out my phone and take a look at that text I got. So that was the one with the item in there, right? The the code. Yeah. And almost right away, I say, oh, shit. 197 is right there in the middle of it. So, yeah, he's going to look at that for a few minutes and then he's just going to he's going to reply to the text and he's going to write, look, angel eyes. I don't have time for bullshit, ciphers, or riddles. You want to tell me something? Use plain language. few moments later, you do get a response. In Yuma yet, the suits aren't telling you what you need. And it's signed again, L. Van Cleef. And I'll reply, do they ever? More to the point, do you? Like, who are you, for starters? The pause is about nine months pregnant before you get the return back. And it says, for now, let's go with, uh, friendly. I'm open to making new friends. So what do I need to know? Everything in that first message. Sorry for being cryptic. Eyes and ears, you know. L. Van Cleef. And then he's going to mumble a few curses under his breath before going back and replying. Cryptic? Try meaningless. And who will see this besides us? Rapidly responding back. The suits sent you. But you know that already. Fix your spurs and cowboy up. Was just trying to help. Lee Van Cleef. A few moments later, it says, ask about Project Covenant, and it ends with hashtag, hashtag, or number sign, number sign. And we'll respond, okay, what's Project Covenant, and what was in Tank 197? There's no response. Well, that told me absolutely nothing. It might have told you more than you think, but... All right, well, I will discuss this with the team when they're in private. They do uh, discharge you before the midnight, or actually probably about 10.30. Rooster, what do you do while he's in the back? Are you going to go outside? Yeah, I'm going to go outside and smoke. Okay. Do you see uh, Quinn and Rowan finishing a lap or two around the building and they're making their way to you? 
Rowan had a little more pep in her step than she had before. And uh, so does Quinn, actually. They both seem to be walking with less tense body language, just a little bit more open. I'm going to take a drag under my breath, go, good. Might be nice having a shrink around once in a while. And I'll see Rooster and, and approach him. Hey, how's ever doing? Uh, still in the back. Apparently, uh, federal insurance does get you better service than VA. Yeah, federal insurance is pretty good. I don't know. I got private corporate insurance now. It's uh, pretty nice. I'm sure. Is this just me and Rowan, or is Quinn here too? Quinn is also there. I'm going to look at her. Look, medicine woman, I wasn't trying to say you don't know your job or weren't doing it. I was just trying to get us out alive, because that was not a good place. And Quinn is just going to chuckle to herself and walk away. God damn it, I didn't even mean to piss off this one. (laughs) And that does get a bit of a chuckle from Rowan, where she just sort of like, it's just your winning personality, my friend. Yeah, well, like I said, too old for me. How you doing? Hearing him ask that, Rowan sticks her hands in her pockets and leans back against the wall of the hospital, still in her rolled up shirt sleeves, even though it's getting a bit chilly. No, it's not. It's probably in the 90s at this point. It's a chilly 95 degrees. Actually, you could probably start to feel as though that you're cool because one, your adrenaline is now gone. Mm -hmm. And so you're now kind of dealing with that body homeostasis kind of, you know, shock thing, but not really shock where you're just kind of tired and cold and just out of sorts. Yeah, really just want to go take a hot bath and just curl up in bed. But yeah, hands stuck in her pockets, lean back, one foot braced up against the wall behind her, and just, sorry about that. Why? I don't like being compromised in a mission, and that was very compromised. And it was odd. I could hear your panic, but I couldn't respond to it. And I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to leave you in that kind of situation. I think I might get it more than you think. But look, I'm used to a chain of the command. You are incapacitated. I don't care why. My job's to get you out. I'm not leaving a woman behind. You hear me? No, fuck that. Don't laugh. Do you hear me? I hear you. Good. Now, kind of look the direction Quinn went. You think a guy like me and a shrink like her... What, no Star Wars reference? Oh, it's been a minute. No, probably not. You'd be too on edge, waiting for her to psychoanalyze you all the time. Honestly, I'm surprised she hasn't, or at least said it, already. I was going to say, if you think that she hasn't been, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, well, buckle up, buttercup. There's all kinds of shit in this head. You want to know what I find interesting, though? Uh, probably lots of things, but go for it. Oh, many, many, many things. But right at this moment, anyone who is in Delta Green has had an experience. So what's hers? Honestly, I'm still wondering what Rivers is. Whoop, screen wipe. So River, they, they prescribe to you a, like an aircast boot. They tell you that you shouldn't be too active on it. It's not a full boot. It's just the aircast around the ankle to prevent, you know, lateral movement. You can step down on it now. They've given you some pretty good anti-inflammatory and pain drugs. This side of opioids, they're very, very particular about giving those out, but it's some high strength uh, ibuprofens and Tylenols. And they kind of send you on your way. Uh, By the time they discharge you out, you can walk gingerly on it. The ER doc that's there asks you if you want to use uh, crutches. You don't necessarily think that you'll need them for a long period of time, but you also know that you're going to end up probably having to pay for them. Yeah, but since I know I'm going to be on that foot too much, I want to have the crutches for when I can use them. Okay. 
So they get you crutches and uh, they get you discharged out and signed and then you come outside and it's dark. And you see your crew kind of hanging out, waiting for you. Hey, how you feeling? Like an idiot. I mean, it probably would have happened to any of us who stepped on that and we were going to step on that. You're not an idiot. You were a victim of circumstances. Besides, I'm the one who sent you forward. Doesn't mean it was my fault, but I am the one who sent you forward. Yeah, I know all that. I still feel like an idiot. Well, feel like one all the same. You aren't. You're still the smart one here. At least compared to me. You have your moments, Rooster. I mean, I may have failed high school stair walking, but I don't usually fall down them. Why don't we get back to the hotel and call it a night? Anybody hungry? Starved. Cool. I feel like I should be. Cool. Glasses is buying. Let's go. Alright, fine. Where are we going? Find somewhere. There's an all-night burrito place that's open that's a walk-up, and it seems as though this place is packed with locals. Cool. Let's go there. You guys enjoy a great dinner. You head back to the hotel. The burritos were fantastic. They were everything that you wanted them to be and more. And each of you are sitting in front of either your computer or your phone in your respective rooms. I don't know what Rooster's doing. Rooster might be... I want to suggest we huddle up in Rowan's room, at least briefly. Okay. You guys gather into Rowan's room. Okay. I've got a little bit more information here. Uh, Rowan, you remember I mentioned that text I got? Yes. Well, I I went back and looked at it again, and, and you know what jumped right at me? Number 197. Son of a bitch. And I'm looking at this, and, you know, it starts out talking about black site closed. And then there's a bunch of numbers. 30031947. That looks like it could be... March 30th, 1947. Maybe that's when the black site closed. Maybe. And then never was TB, which makes no sense at all to me. But after that, there's there's another possible date, which would be December 30th, 1929. 1929? Wasn't that the year that place was built? Yep. That, That medical building? Wait, wasn't there something else about 1929? Something about the, uh... Uh, the boat guy or fisherman or something. Something something about a boat. Shit. And I'm gonna turn and dig through with my papers again. I'm gonna walk over to Rowan's mini fridge and take out an energy drink. Then it goes on with question mark captives question mark. And then there's two numbers that look to me, it's like a, a number then a decimal point and a bunch more numbers. It looks to me like it might be a map coordinates. I haven't checked out where that might be yet. I'll slide my laptop over and pop it open. What are the coordinates? I say as soon as I have a map program open. Just two numbers, 42.684454, then a hyphen or maybe a minus sign, and 70.635223. All right, I'll type those in, in that order. While she's doing that, I'm going to go, wait, that's like, Uzbekistan or something over there. Maybe Pakistan? Kazakhstan? One of the stands. It's over in that area. I'll hit the enter key, and it's in the order that River read them to me. And it reads Innsmouth, Massachusetts. Wrong side of the globe, friend. This is Massachusetts. Well, maybe it was a positive or negative, but still. With a quick check, that confirms Rooster's idea. 
So, I mean, the rest of the message is just, then comes number 197, and then Gone But Not, and a couple of slashes, and signed L. Van Cleef. There's a little bit more, though. I tried replying to that message and got a short conversation, and not a very useful one, except that whoever it is knows we're in Yuma, and talks about the suit sending us, and not giving us all the information we need. I mean, do they ever? And he told us to cowboy up. But then, the last thing he said was, ask about Project Covenant. There's a couple things in there. Cowboy up and black sight sure reminds me of that fucker in the pit. He called us the cowboys, found out about that majestic yep. sight. But this person is telling us to cowboy up. That's an implying that the suits are the ones sending us. Yeah, and we're the cowboys, right? I sure thought so. All I'm saying is, what's your line about coincidences and coinkydinks? The universe is rarely so late. No, not that one. The other one about being too coincidental or something. Oh, there are times when things are too coincidental to be coincidences. And when it's all coming from the same person, it's certainly not a coincidence. Or at least the same number. Yeah, this, this fellow claims he's a friendly, but he sh- he's got to know a lot about what's going on inside Delta Green to know that we were assigned here. Quinn's been kind of silently listening to all this, and she wants to pipe up. I might have a few things from what we've deduced. First, the coordinates. Innsmouth is connected to Dagon. As I told you, Captain Open Marsh founded this in... When? Was that the 1929 thing? 1830s. Century before. Yes, I know how dates work. You also mentioned Uzbekistan. This organization, they haven't had a chance to research which one, but they are devoted to a West Semitic god of fertility, and that would have covered Uzbekistan. That makes sense. These groups might be choosing their locations very... Carefully. Purposefully. But Uzbekistan is where Rooster thought those coordinates were, and it was really Innsmouth. Well, but if you put them in differently... Hold on. And I'll and, and I'll put them in in different orders, and one without the minus. Because there's like four different ways to put that in. They just may be connected. The last thing... My brief talked about the order supposedly being destroyed at the hands of the federal government from a project redacted and i'm just curious if redacted is covenant i am going to venture a guess that one of those two dates in the original text was the date of that operation and that hmm, that place down there it didn't look like a medical annex. It didn't look like anything medical. It looked like the underside of an aquarium with all of that four-inch thick glass and the massive tanks and I'm spitballing, but what if that was the black site? An ordinary-looking building with a whole bunch of stuff buried underground? Yeah, that, that sounds like a black site to me. This is starting to look an awful lot like water and ocean and fish shit in the middle of the desert. And it all started in a little bedroom that's mermaid-themed. Come on, Rooster, together now. Mermaids! Mermaids. 
The G-Man pushes back from the table and studies you, Agent Rowan. He seems to take mental note of your posture, your breathing, the slight shake of your hand. His eyes show a glint of concern. How about we adjourn this conversation for a later date? Give you a chance to recoup. It seems like we are getting closer to the... Would a run do well for your mental health, Agent Rowan? Stretch those limbs? I roll my shoulders back a little, suddenly aware that I'm hunched in on myself. Those memories seem to hit a lot harder than I'd expected. I reply warily, I do enjoy a good run. Not much room for that in my cell, though. We know. He looks to the mirror at the wall and gives you a slight nod. I realize your accommodations are a bit snug. For that, I am sorry. Your room is the largest we have extended to any of our guests. And about that bathroom mirror business, I will reassure you we will grant you a level of privacy in the area. It was a safety concern. I'm certain you understand. Since you have been so gracious in cooperating, I'll make sure you have access to our workout facilities. I trust you will appreciate these privileges we are extending. It's an odd thing to be grateful for kindness in the midst of a situation like this. And yet, I am. I... Thank you. It's nice to have some form of normalcy. He stands, and a moment later a guard appears ready to take you back to your room. The G-Man glances again at his wrist as you're escorted from the interrogation room. My furnished prison cell looks almost exactly as I left it when the security personnel came to retrieve me. The same stark walls, plain bed, and a table along one wall. There are a couple differences I note immediately when I walk into the room. True to the G-Man's word, there's a coffee maker on the table, with a bag of coffee and a stack of filters next to it. I walk over to the table and open the bag of coffee, closing my eyes as I breathe in the smell. It's my favorite blend, ground to the exact consistency I choose when I'm home. For a moment, I could almost be standing in my own kitchen, brewing my coffee before going to work. I blink hard behind my glasses, pushing back tired tears as I close the bag again. I don't need caffeine right now. My nerves are jangled enough as is. Sitting next to the coffee maker is a small stack of folded clothes. I recognize them immediately. They're my workout clothes, set neatly on top of my running shoes with the rainbow laces. Somehow, this unnerves me more than the coffee. Anyone who knows me knows my coffee preferences, but my runs are my private time, first thing in the morning, rarely shared with anyone. I glower at them for a moment before scooping up the clothes and walking into the bathroom, closing the door behind me. Someone cleaned up the broken glass while I was out, and the mirror has been replaced with a flat panel. I check it immediately for spyware. I suppose they actually meant it when they said they'd give me some privacy while in the bathroom, because it's just a flat piece of metal now, painted the same color as the rest of the bathroom. I trust them about as far as I can throw this building, so I check the rest of the room for anything watching me. Once I'm sure I'm actually alone, I stash my makeshift knife in the tank of the toilet. I don't want them knowing I have it, even if I'm not sure how I'll use it yet. As I walk out of the bathroom in my workout clothes, I pause for a second, frowning as I sniff the air. I can still smell the lingering coffee odor, strong and comforting. 
But there's another faint smell sneaking through the room. Something different. I shiver, rubbing my arms. It reminds me a little of that place. The one shrimp farm brought too close to the surface. Shaking my head hard, I march toward the door and knock firmly twice, telling them I'm ready. A good run will help. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Laura Domingo, and I play Quinn. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 2 is based on the scenario Ex Oblivioni by Dennis Detweiler. If you like our story, there are many ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Victor Von B., Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, and Ben Warner. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on all the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. <laughs>